Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Emma. Hi, Brittany. So I am a huge Apple fan. I think Connor and I have nerded out on this before. Um, I'm just... I love everything they do. I love my MacBook Pro. I love my iPhone. Like to me, everything Apple does is fantastic. And I know there's been some controversy over whether the privacy is is worked or not, but I actually tend to think Tim, I think his name, what is his name? Tim Cook. Tim Cook. I almost said Tim Poole. That's someone else. He's a great, that's someone else. <laughs> Different Tim. Different Tim. So Tim Cook um, has been really good in the past at actually standing up to government surveillance. I don't know if that's still true, but I know he at least was. Well, anyway, so I kind of want to honor Apple products today by talking about the man who made them possible, and that was Steve Jobs. And you might know him from the black turtlenecks he used to wear and the really nice glasses, <laughs> but he he's a real hero of mine, and he is, of course, the founder of Apple. He's also kind of a pioneer, and I say kind of, but no, he was a pioneer when it comes to you know smartphones like the iPhone mm-hmm. changed the way at least the American market looked at cell phones. You know, I remember a time when having a hot pink razor phone is what they called <laughs> that made you cool. And I also oh, had yeah. a phone called a Sidekick that was like the size of a brick and oh, ridiculous, yeah. but you were like so cool if you had one. And then here comes the iPhone; <laughs> where it was touchscreen. Like this was the future. And I think it was 2006 or 2007 when it came out. But it was, I mean, that was a game changer and phones were never the same again. So so let's like dive into this. But before we dive in, I want to mention one thing that is truly spectacular about Steve Jobs. And that is that he started innovating computers at a time when technology like this was fairly new. In fact, like prior to him getting involved, just like a couple, like a decade or two before he starts, you know, Apple computers were so big, it took an entire room for them to fit in. People didn't have computers in their home. That wasn't a thing, right? So when computers became small enough to fit on a desk, this is huge. Like this is, you know, a a game changer. And I always like to think about what people thought of, like our grandparents, when they were used to computers being a thing that only generations had to, oh my goodness, we have a computer in our home. So just keep that in mind. That kind of sets the the stage for, you know, what we're talking about. But even when he was around, and Emma, you're a little bit younger than me, but you might remember how big the old Macintosh computers were. Yes. They had green and black screens. There was no color. So they did fit on a desk. They were still big. My grandparents had one of those. They actually still have it in their garage. Really? I saw it the other day. It is – it's probably – I think it's the biggest computer I've ever seen. It's massive. It's a brick. But at the time, it was a huge deal to have Yep, one. exactly. And it was like if you – if the kids today that are listening were to see these computers, like they would laugh. <laughs> they, they would, it's like looking at caveman drawings, right? You just think like, yeah. what is this? So, you know, like many geniuses and innovators, let's talk about Steve himself for a second. Steve was a perfectionist and everything had to be just right. So much so that people didn't like working with him. And I think one thing we've noticed as we've talked about our entrepreneurs and our our heroes that we look up to is a lot of them are what's called eccentric, which means they're a little weird and sometimes Mm -hmm. they're a little difficult to work with. In fact, (laughs) I would argue some of the most incredible geniuses who've, you know, invented all these innovations are kind of hard to work with. So when things didn't go his way, he'd often get angry and he was never afraid to show it. But, you know, it was this demand for excellence that that paid off, right? It made him what he was. And he wouldn't have achieved all this success and this excellence if he didn't fail before he got things right. So I think that's an important lesson that mm-hmm. we'll touch on a little later. Yeah, for sure. And I think another great takeaway from Steve is that he really demonstrated what it means to innovate because he excelled at taking other people's existing ideas and basically making them better. 
Um, so one of the reasons he was able to make his take on certain products so successful is because he was really good at marketing. And there's this, this 1984 Apple commercial that we're going to put in the show notes today that really shows this. And 1984, you know, you might have heard of the book 1984, but it's a dystopian world. And we've talked about that before. And Apple was basically showing people how they could break away from that world. And basically, he was comparing Apple products to sort of the other computers that the existing yes. technology. And now that we know a little bit about what made him great, we're going to talk a bit about how he achieved that success because he he is someone who not only is respected in the technology world, but also in the business world. He's yeah. he's looked up to as one of the best businessmen to ever live because he had he had this technical know-how, he knew how to innovate these products, but also like we just talked about, he was this marketing genius. So Steve was adopted when he was a baby by Paul and Clara Jobs. And he was raised in a place called Silicon Valley in California, which got that name because it is the tech center, basically this huge bubble of tech innovation. So it's where Facebook and Google and tons of other huge companies started. And Steve was fascinated by technology from an early age. And when it came time for college, he moved to Oregon, which is where I grew oh, up. So right. we love Steve Jobs in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is my favorite part. He actually dropped out of college. And we've talked many times about this before, but college is not for everyone. And both Steve and Bill Gates, the guy responsible for Microsoft, dropped out of school when it wasn't serving them. So Steve Jobs was only in school for one semester. And he found himself fascinated by other areas like Eastern philosophy, a desire to understand himself and the world around him. And he moved to a commune in Oregon, which is basically, um, it's basically like a little community where people... Uh, share it's it's interesting it's kind of like if communism was just like on a voluntary really, really small yeah. little voluntary level I, I'm not going to endorse communism no, or here. communes some of them are weird <laughs> well yeah totally some of them are super weird my grandparents actually lived on that's a commune so for funny. a little while that's where my mom was born that's so <laughs> pretty funny. crazy so maybe they were all on the same commune because it was around the same time but anyway Communes are basically where people, um, they grow food and they kind of like share the workload together and live in a small community. So that's kind of where Steve Jobs began his explorative journey. And it eventually took him to India in 17 or 17, 1974. And while he was there, he came to fully embrace Buddhist philosophy, which is basically um, it's an Eastern philosophy. It's a religion. That is very much focused on like achieving, how do I say this? Achieving like enlightenment almost, like giving up like materialism yeah. and, and, you know, I don't, it's, it's very yeah, hippie ish, but it's, it's, it is. It's, kinda, yeah. it's, beautiful. it's a beautiful religion. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some great principles that you can take from it, even if you're not going to become a Buddhist. Oh, yes, but, exactly. um, yeah, a big part of understanding Steve Jobs is knowing how much he valued Eastern philosophy and spirituality. So his beliefs were actually a key factor in how he ran Apple and eventually took the world by storm. That's right. And he was always very insightful and looking to improve himself. And I think that's a big thing about Buddhism. You're supposed to like look within and, yeah. and improve yourself. So he was always asking himself, how can I bring value to the world in, you know, the ways that he he could, the way he was, you know, gifted and talented. And this is extremely important because this is a theme we've talked about, goodness, like time and time again, right? Is that by creating value for others, you're not only providing for yourself because you're making money from that, but you're serving consumers. And this is a key ingredient of the free market. So another really cool thing is I've talked a lot about Joseph Campbell and this idea of what we call a hero's journey. 
And I think Steve Jobs really exemplifies this or demonstrates this because, you know, in a hero's journey, the main character and, you know, we're all the main characters in our own story, but they have to leave the world behind they know in order to become like a better version of themselves, to go learn about themselves. And I think that's kind of what happened when Steve went to India, right? He he found mm-hmm. himself, he tried to better himself, and he took these ideas, these spirituality ideas that we were talking about, and he brought them back to Silicon Valley and he learned how to incorporate them in his personal life. So he practiced a lot of medica- or I said medication, meditation, which is something <laughs> I do every day. And I know that it's helped me you know, become more creative and, and really center myself on, on my work. So I totally understand that. So he gets really into meditation. That helps him really focus on what he's doing. And when he was facing deadlines and, you know, the pressure, because can you imagine how much pressure there is when mm-hmm. you're, you know, the head of something like Apple, this ability to focus became really important to him. And this, you know, spiritual mindset allowed him to take an idea in his mind and then go after it and then do mm-hmm. everything in his power to make it happen. A lot of these spirituality people call it like manifesting your dream, like really believing you can do it and visualizing it. So he was really good at that. And this became a really master tool for him in his, you know, entrepreneurial mindset and his journey. And, you know, his journey uh, when he left India to find himself, you know, he had to learn how to overcome all these mental obstacles to understand what he wanted to give the world. And he Mm -hmm. asked himself a lot, what can I create to help my fellow human? And I really like that because his vision was not just about innovation and understanding entrepreneurship. He, He wanted to connect to other people. And inventors are our true heroes of our reality because they bring value to us that, you know, we never even understood we needed, which I think is very interesting. And and Steve Jobs foresaw this, this you know, belief that technology was going to help build human relationship. And look, look at, you know, Facebook now. Look at social media. For all its faults, they've brought us mm-hmm. together closer as a world. Totally. And created entire new economies have popped up thanks to all of us being connected through the internet and specifically being able to walk around with our computer in our pocket. That has just completely changed so many industries, changed marketing and all of that. So we've talked about specialization before and Steve Jobs really relied on people who had different expertise than him to make his dreams become a reality, which is a really good way to look at that. Um, He met up with his longtime friend, Stephen Wozniak. Am I saying that right? I think you are saying it right. Yeah, Wozniak. Okay. I I think that's right. So Steve Wozniak had a knack for understanding both computer hardware and also the software that went into it. So if you've ever heard of hardware versus software, hardware is basically the physical aspect of of the technology and the software is like the programming that makes it work. Um, So that led him to create a personal computer for himself. And when Jobs was visiting him one day to check out the hardware, something clicked. And when the skeptics told him that he couldn't do what he envisioned, he never let it stop him. Um, Too many people told him no one needs a computer in their home. No one will ever see a movie without live actors. (laughs) Who needs a thousand songs in their pocket? The iPad is just a big iPod touch and it has a stupid name, but he did it anyway. And he had this vision and it all started when he was, you know, talking to his friend and saw the computer and look at what Apple became today. He made it happen. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes he failed as we talked about. In fact, he invented one of the, not one of the, the first pocket computer. It was called the Newton and it failed miserably. (laughs) In fact, there is a, somewhere in Europe, I can't remember where, Connor, I did an episode about it a long time ago. There's something called the Museum of Failure where there's all these products that failed and it's honoring those products and the Newton is in there. Wow. So the cool thing about the Newton is even though it failed, um, it helps lay the foundation for the 
the technology that would later make the iPhone possible. So um, there's another link that I will put in the show notes that is all there's it's five most failed Apple products. And I think it's really interesting to see that. Um, so I'll put yeah. we'll link that. But Steve believed above everything else that you didn't have to be the first person to invent something. You just had to be the best. So mm-hmm. the product itself wasn't enough, though. He wanted people to feel like they were a part of whatever gadget it was. He wanted them to feel connected with it. You know, the computers he made in the 90s were very colorful. They were these big, colorful machines. And, you know, users would pick the color that reflected who they were. There was orange. There was blue. I remember, like, I didn't have one, but I wanted one so badly. So yeah. this was just one way he kind of made that happen where he was making the the pe- the hard- the hardware connect with the, you know, the consumer. Yeah, totally. I want to read a quote from him that I really love. Um, Steve Jobs said, when you grow up, you tend to get told the world is the way it is and your life is just to live your life inside the world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Try to have a nice family, have fun, save a little money. That's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you, and you can change it. You can influence it. And you can build your own things that other people can use. Once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. And just because he was a genius doesn't mean that he wasn't flawed. <laughs> like we mentioned, he demanded perfection. He had a huge temper when he felt that things weren't going to his standards. And there was one employee whose job was to just babysit <laughs> Steve when his temper got out of control. But I actually like that aspect because it shows you that our heroes aren't perfect. All of us are flaws. All of us have problems that we have to work through and that we have to work our way around sometimes. But all of the great innovators of the world are no exception to that. So if anything, it's actually pretty inspiring because a lot of the times, and we've talked about this so many times, um, people who people who succeed and who have these amazing life accomplishments, a lot of the times they have quirks, they have flaws, yes. they have hard stuff that they go through. But they learn how to work through it. And I actually think that learning how to work through that stuff is part of what makes them so amazing and so successful. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, you know, to wrap it up a little bit. So Steve died in 2011 after a battle with, uh, is it pancreatic? Is that how you say it? Pancreatic cancer? Yeah. But, you know, his legacy obviously still lives on. I think a lot of us have iPhones in our pocket Mm -hmm. right now. So Steve had this rare ability to see into the future and anticipate what consumers wanted before they did. Nobody knew they needed or wanted an iPhone, right? Nobody knew that until he came up with it. And all of us were like, oh my goodness, what was our life like before we had the (laughs) world at our fingertips? So his commitment to excellence, you know, mixed with these great marketing skills allowed Apple to become what it is today. And I want to wrap up before I kick it back to you, Emma, I want to wrap up with a quote Mm -hmm. that I really love. And I think it rings true given how his life ended. Your time is limited, he once said. So don't waste it living someone else's life. Mm, I love that. That's a that's a good quote. That's a good one to remember day to day too. Um, we're going to wrap it up here, guys. Thank you so much, Brittany, for chatting with us. I'm glad we got to talk about Steve Jobs today. I know he means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also something I want to mention is we have a book called The Tuttle Twins Guide to Inspiring Entrepreneurs. And Steve Jobs is one of those. So if you liked this episode and you haven't heard of that book, we're going to link to it in the show notes. Um, that would be a great one to check out and maybe read if you're interested in learning more stories like this with more inspiration from awesome entrepreneurs. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Brittany, for chatting with me. And we will talk to you all later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.